Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, your weekly show focused on the topsy-turvy world of promotional products, branding, advertising, and marketing. As always, Unscripted is brought to you by the good people at Promo Corner's Identity Marketing, the leading online industry magazine chock full of content and thought-provoking articles. You can visit them online at promocorner.com backslash identity dash marketing. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Kirby, how the hell did we make four episodes without the man shutting us down? Well, apparently you are more entertaining than I thought. Uh, well, I don't know how to take that, so I'm going to take it in the way I choose, which is positive. So welcome to episode number cuatro, which is Spanish for four. It is. Uh, it? Of, it is, uh, of Unscripted. Uh, Kirby, how the hell are you? I am really good, man. Just got off the road and um, excited to be back in the office. How about yourself? Good, no, just got back from a quick trip to Atlanta with the family where we went to a Braves game on Friday night and experienced the culinary delights of Turner Field. And then Saturday did the gauntlet of the Georgia Aquarium, the World of Coca-Cola, and the College Football Hall of Fame. Wow, okay, all right. You've you've piqued my interest, my friend. Um, It's unscripted, so I'm going to go off the unscripted script. Uh, so, um, uh, tell me about the college football hall of fame. That sounds like it was awesome. College football hall of fame was very, very cool. You get a ticket and they give you almost what looks like a sideline pass. So you have a lanyard and, and a plastic placard and in that is an RFID chip. So when you go in, the first thing they do is steer you to a computer okay. and you put in your, your, some information, of course, they're gathering information, but you also put in your favorite college football team mm. and what, it does, it makes your um, sideline pass interactive. So, for example, we could go up to a video wall. And, again, as you go into the College Football Hall of Fame, they really encourage you to put in your favorite college football team, which everybody knows should be Texas A&M. <laughs> so you'd walk up to a video wall, and you'd put your uh, sideline pass there, and everything Texas A&M would pop up. Um, okay. So you could kind of play around. It was very cool, super interactive. They have over 720 uh, college football teams there. So it's over three stories, and they had a couple things. They actually had something where you could take, uh, you could rebroadcast some famous college plays in college history. I may have done that more than one time, <laughs> and I may have the recordings of that. Maybe no, it was a good time. It, it was a really fun time. So did you get? I mean, since it was interactive, did you get to talk to Johnny in rehab, or was it? Um, what, what kind of video did you get to see of Johnny football? Um, we got to see some of Johnny's great plays. Unfortunately, uh, Johnny is not really active right now in what we call athletics. Yeah, for sure. Um, Johnny likes the booger sugar a little too much, I think. So uh, he was not really able to participate in, in a way I would have preferred. Okay. Well, we got like I say, I got a, got us off script, but uh, there I've is got, no script. Yeah, I've got I've got you. Uh, I've got a few topics. You've got a few topics. You go first. What do you got on your mind? So there's been a couple posts again. I'm gonna kind of revisit something we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is the promotional products professionals Facebook group. Sure. And and I've got a pet peeve. So okay. there there was a post recently about someone who's kind of new to the industry and debating the merits of ASI versus PPAI. Mm. 
And I don't get what people don't understand about this. These are, they are two separate organizations with two separate goals. Okay. PPAI is an industry association. It's not for profit. And they're focused on education. They're focused on uh, you know, government relations and furthering the, the promotional products industry. ASI is a for-profit service company within the promotional products industry. Right. So for everybody squawking about how they don't like ASI and how they are trying to bring new people into the industry, man, that's their job. <laughs> they're, that's what they're supposed to do. You don't blame a shark for biting your hand if you put your hand in the shark tank. Right. And that's not to say ASI is a bunch of sharks, but – that's their goal. Their goal is to build a business based on the amount of distributors and suppliers in the industry. And I just don't get why people don't understand that, why that's such a difficult concept to understand. I, yeah, and I, I actually – I get what you're saying, so I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate. Um, Go ahead. So I think, I think we talked about it last time. I, I just love the fact that Paul and Tim Andrews have um, – they're, they're sort of um, – acting as sort of partners in the industry and, and respecting one another. And again, I don't know that I have all the historical perspective, but I think part of the challenge is sometimes, historically speaking, ASI doesn't necessarily portray themselves that way. They portray themselves as a service organization trying to help people in our industry. And right. they are, but I think there is at least some disconnect between the two, right? There's a disconnect right. between saying, hey, we want to make everybody in our industry better and, hey, we want to bring in every Yahoo who possibly can give me 400 bucks. So I, right. I, I think that's part of why people don't get it. Um, and again, I'm not blaming ASI either. I think you and I kind of land on the same page. But just for the sake of discussion, I think that's part of why people get frustrated. No, I agree. I, and I get it. The thing is, you know, ASI, is, they make really good products, especially for entry-level promotional products distributors. Great entry-level products. And they, they they provide quality service. It's just it's not it's like saying I can I either have bread mm. or can I have Coca Cola. It's two different things. Mm. They're not even really comparable. Yeah, they're both foods. Yeah. But they're they're different types of foods. And that's I don't know, it's just it's just been eating at me. I, I like I said, I get sucked into some of these conversations <laughs> on the promotional products professionals page. Well, but um, I think I think that this part of the discussion is actually uh, somewhat valuable because I think you know you and I take for granted we've been around. Um, you can tell by my gray hair, we've been around the industry for a long I don't, time. I don't have any hair. <laughs> don't don't mock me like that. <laughs> but my point is, there are some people, like you said, they're new to the industry. They don't really get the distinction. So I think it's an important piece to have that discussion and just go, hey, this is what each is, and I think that. Um, you you can't necessarily hold ASI to PPAI standards and vice versa. Right. I don't want to repeat kind of what we talked about last time, so we can move on. No, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I got a question for you, and I. So, and this is actually very specific to the business. Okay. Okay. Um, Fire. I, I had something where it's happened a couple times recently, and I intellectually know the answer, but I struggle with doing it. Okay. okay. So I'll give you a situation. So I couple times recently we've gone through the order process on the distributor side of the business and mm -hmm. we've you know we've taken the order from the client we've gone back and forth quite frankly on several proofs okay right. ultimately the client signs off on the proof and says go okay mm -hmm. they get their um, product the, the, the supplier produces it in a timely fashion it gets to the customer the customer calls and says the product's wrong and the, the product, product or the or the imprint? 
the, the actual product. product. No, I'm sorry. The imprint is wrong. Okay. Got it. Just making sure. No, it's great. It's a great, great cl- clarification. And th- so we go back, each of us, the, the customer and us, we go back and go, well, it's exactly like the proof. Mm-hmm. And the client has signed off on said proof, and they do not right. deny that they've signed off on said proof. But it's wrong. So, and it's not the supplier's fault at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying it's right. the customer's fault. Right. <laughs> so, how do you are you asking me how you how you handle a customer like that? I'm struggling with the idea. Especially one of them was a a, a really good big customer, and they're super frustrated with us. And I'm like. Right. It's really hard to, for for me, right? Because ultimately, right. I want my customer to be happy. I know intellectually it's their fault, so I'm open um, to discussion. So, a couple quick questions, just so before I I go uh, into my answer. So, big client, yep. big order or not a big order? Decent size order. Okay, so it would be painful to eat it. Yes. Yes. Okay, and. Is it someone new who approved the proof or is it someone who's always been approving the proofs? It's a new person who approved okay. the proof. So so I think there's the friction point, right? It's probably someone new who didn't know what they were doing and they made they approved something they shouldn't have. Is that a fair assumption, yes. you think? Totally fair. Okay. You know, I struggle with this too. Um, I, I, you know, that's why we have proofs. Exactly. That's why we have that's why we have a virtual paper trail. Yeah. And so, are the is the client frustrated with you from previous issues or just this issue? Because you said they are frustrated with you. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, you know, if you do business with anybody for ten years, they're going to be once sure. there's an issue, they can always think back to something that happened two years ago. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I'd say overall we've done a pretty good job. But this, you know, it it, it goes back to my rule, uh, Bill. I always ask myself, what do I win by winning? Right. Because I'm right. <laughs> but I'm struggling no. that at the end of the day, I don't have a satisfied customer, even if it is their fault. You know what I mean? Right. No, I get it. Um, this is a tough one because you, you definitely want to maintain the relationship. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, what is the value of taking that new person and kind of uh, throwing them under the bus? Right. Although your your client may not see it that way. Yeah. I, I think it's a great learning moment for your client. And assuming you have a, a, a good relationship with them, obviously there's going to be some friction points and some rocky roads. But where you can sit down in front of them, is this someone you can sit down in front of or is this a, a long-distance uh, dedication like Casey Kasem? <laughs> no, I think I could get in front of them. I'd get in front of them and say, look, I think here's the issue. I think there's a training issue within your organization. Yeah. And let's split this. I can't, you know, I have all the paperwork here. I, I, you know, you guys signed off on this. Your organization signed off on this. But I value our relationship, and I right. understand that this is not product you want. Um, I would try to split it with them that way. Okay. You know, because like to me, that's what a partnership is. You know, it's it's like I tell my kids: compromise is where both parties feel like they lost a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And so if we can make, Hey, I'll, I'll let's, let's split this. Let's say it's a thousand bucks or whatever it is. Let's eat, both eat it and move on. Yeah. But let's, and then, but then I would add also, what can we do from a, a distributor perspective, Mr. Client, what can we do to help train your people going forward so that this is no longer an issue? So to me, it's always, I'll present a solution, but then I'm a short-term solution for this immediate need. But let's also look at a long-term solution that's not going to really cost you any money. Mm. 
to make sure this doesn't happen going forward. Yeah, that's good. Especially if you can point to a specific, hey, this is someone new and you know, we don't want this to happen and you don't want this to happen again. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I like it. So that's that was uh that was mine. What do you got next? Okay. All right. So last week I was in Chicago and uh at SKUCon, which mm-hmm. was a great event, fantastic event. Yep. And I started thinking about the viability of the business card. Okay. Because I I, I have business cards. Sure. I like my business cards. I also really stink at remembering to bring them with me. <laughs> um, I, I just don't I, – I would like to remember. I don't. And then so when I do remember to bring them with me and I give them to somebody, it's they don't even know what to do with it anymore. So Kirby <laughs> – is the business card even a viable business vehicle anymore? Yeah, no. It's. I think it's a. This is a great debate, right? Um, yeah, this should be a salt and pepper. Yeah, Shit. it should. Be. I should have saved this for salt and pepper. Well, damn it. Well, we can we can come back to it. Um, yeah. But I actually one of my favorite um, things that, and I've seen a couple different speakers do it, where they're like, "This is my business card," and it's just an image of a business card with the word Google and my name in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's where we're evolving to, but right. I guess having just been at an event myself, I still think there's value. It, 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 the only reason I say it is for me, it's about getting business cards from people who I want to connect through, connect with on social. So you're and, telling me that the people I'm giving business cards to that don't know what to do with it and do not want to connect with me? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I don't know that they have the same strategy as me. Let's that, put it that's that what I heard, just yeah. so you're aware. Okay. Well, anyway. I'm just, I'm I, just kidding. I, <laughs> I cannot uh, make up for your own insecurity. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Coming in hot. Kirby Hossman. <laughs> no, man. I, I Honestly, that's why I get it because I, I, I like getting the cards so that when I get back to the office, and depending on the, the uh, kind of event, right, if they're all clients right. – well, then it's a little bit different. But, you know, when I'm going to industry stuff, I use them as reminders of people that I want to connect with on social. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like I'm like, oh, hey, I want to keep this email address, but I might want to get with them on LinkedIn. So I still think right. there's it's viable. That being said, I totally get what you're saying um, about um, them changing. I mean, to give you an example, like on, on my business card, I actually shifted the way it was designed because mm-hmm. I know that most of the events I go to where I'm handing them out are actually industry events. Right? right. So I'm handing them to suppliers in our industry. So I've created on one side just a place for the supplier to take notes because generally okay. I'm usually talking to them about a specific project. And so I've made the business card in that way. And so I that's think a, that's, that's part a of really it. good idea. And, 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 you know, I think that's great for a distributor. And that's a really good point. You know, as a service provider or whatever middle ground I am in the industry right now, <laughs> um, I don't, I, you know, I don't, the people don't generally take notes. They just take my contact information. So that's a, that's a really good point for a distributor. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I think we're evolving to a point where the business card is dead, but I think like a lot of things, um, we, I think it, it will come at some point, but we're, the prognosticators are saying it's dead before it actually is. You know yeah, I, mean? I agree. I don't think it's dead. It's just, I think it's, it's kind of in a weird state of nobody really knows what to do with it any longer. <laughs> I agree. There's my top right drawer is just filled with them and I I don't want to throw them away. But exactly. Yeah. No, I get it, man. Exactly. 
Okay. All right, what do you got? All right, next one is pretty timely. Um, and you actually, in one of my favorite pieces of content in our industry, the Petri Dish. Uh, hey, all right. Formal kitchen. I'm serious. I really like it a lot. Uh, Thank I, you. I read um, the the uh, the must-read of the week this week, um, yes. which is so hysterical. And I'm not bringing it up for the purpose. So it, for those who don't know, um, uh, Donald Trump announced, uh, was it Governor Pence as his uh, VP um, it was candidate. Governor, it was Governor Pence. Right. And so they came out with a logo that <laughs> met with almost... It was a little, it was a little unfortunate. Yeah, it, was, it met with almost immediate uh, pushback on the potential innuendo. Um, well, oh, the, the potential, potential innuendo? <laughs> the T was sodomizing the P. <laughs> so yeah, so the potential innuendo. <laughs> yeah. So I, I bring it By up. By the way, I think this is the only industry podcast where anyone can say the word sodomize. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> and so so I say it, right? It's it's really funny. And if you haven't seen the articles and some of the comments that were all over Twitter, it's hysterical. Yeah. Um, and they've since changed the logo, if I understand correctly, which is whatever. They did. They so, did. so it brings me to a, a greater point. Um, and I really, so, so I've said this before, it's one of the things that from an industry perspective, I think sometimes we have an insecurity insecurity complex, right? Inferiority complex. So I try to say two words at once. Um, so, and what I mean by that is we are always like, oh, we'll leave the ad agencies. We'll leave those other people to come up with some of these, uh, creative, um, logos and different things like that. And I'm like more and more I'm seeing where we need to be in the room to help get rid of some unfortunate incidents. Now, this one was right. funny, but I've worked yeah. with Fortune 100 companies where they show me their logo and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not going to last. Right. Immediately. And it's just a gut reaction. And anybody who's been in our industry for more than a year or two has had this happen where you're like, oh, that's not going to recreate at all. And they'll sure. say, well, our, our CEO says everything has to have it. It's got 12 colors. Right, fourteen you, gradients. Yeah, and you want a forty-seven cent pen. So, right. um, so I, I guess I bring it up to just say we need to insist more as an industry to be in the room when these decisions are made. We can help not only keep uh, logos from sodomizing themselves, but right. <laughs> also just uh, do a better job advising our clients if we're on the in on the beginning of the conversation. Well, and, and what's ha what happens is a distributor, it's hard to get in that room if you have spent your entire time in your relationship pushing yourself as a product peddler. Mm, yeah. So it, it, all of a sudden, if you say, hey, I want to help you design your logo, and all you've done is drop off catalogs and say, I can put your logo on anything, why the hell would I want your opinion on my logo? Right. So I think, I think you start building that relationship early on and, and show that you have an eye for design or at the very least, have an eye for troublesome design, mm. where you say, "Hey, I understand you want your that shirt embroidered, but your logo has a, a ridiculous gradient, and it's going to look horrible <laughs> embroidered." Yeah. And when you when you tell people that, and that's really part of that partnership, when you're able to have an honest conversation with your clients about that type of 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 stuff, that's where I think you can get in the room. I agree. Mm. Now, you know, when I saw the Trump Pence logo, of course. Maybe this has to do with the way my mind thinks, but of course I thought bad things. Yeah. And they changed it very quickly. I just go back to, you know, how does that get out? How, how does, how is there not someone that says, eh, yeah, might want to rethink that one, buddy. <laughs> but it just, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. 
Um, but yeah, we do for our clients. We do need to to be in the room more when it's possible. But before we can ever do that, we have to show that we understand what we're talking about. Yeah, we have to d- deserve to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, we're at almost twenty minutes. Do you have anything else for the good of the group? No, I I, I do, but I'm going to save it. It's Ooh. a little teaser. <laughs> teaser. I love it. We'll see. We're saving that one for next time. That's right. And I believe our next podcast, um, we're going to be both on a beach, not the same beach, um, but I think we're going to be both on a beach. So it's going to be an international version of Unscripted. I love it. I'm excited for that one. Awesome. Thanks, Kirby. All right, man. Thank you for joining us this week for Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, Unscripted is brought to you by Promo Corner's Identity Marketing. You can visit them online at promocorner.com backslash identity dash marketing. <laughs>